Hey everyone, welcome to our midweek update here at Hope for Our Times. Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, listen, I'm going to be live this Sunday night. Hope you can join me. And don't forget, tomorrow, Thursday, we have You Can't Make This Up. And I also want to give a shout out to everybody in Australia and New Zealand and Hawaii. Had a great time just meeting the remnant believers there. But let's get going with this. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about five ways to recognize deceivers in the church. And speaking of the last days in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 13, the Bible tells us that evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Think on this. When a professed Christian tries to dress up the gospel, put it in drag, so to speak, they don't win anyone to Christ. Instead, they confirm the unsaved in their hopelessness and sin. Uh, preachers of the cultural gospel say to the world, look, we're not really different from you. Uh, we get you. They don't get it that what they're giving in their fake gospel is absolute nonsense. What they have isn't working. If we merely offer more of the same, we offer nothing. Uh, let me give you a, a current example. If you watch the Super Bowl, which I didn't, by the way, uh, this seemed to be the same thing conveyed in the He Gets Us ads. Even one, in one of the ads, it portrayed the Bible believer that stands for pro-life as being on the wrong side while a modern Jesus is doing the right thing while washing the feet of someone in front of the same abortion factory, appearing to bless the sin. At least when I saw the commercial, the ad, that's what it appeared to for me. In our modern world, the new enlightened Christians say they're trying to make Jesus relevant to a new generation but they deny the foundation of true faith and their foolish message has no power. They see the Bible as a buffet where you get to pick uh, the parts that you like and ignore the rest. But if the Bible is not all true, then the church becomes nothing but a social club with no hope of forgiveness, no hope of heaven. It is the most hopeless and pitiful of all religions. Listen, in a minute, I'm going to give you five ways to recognize deception, especially in the church. But first, here's this message from our producer. Hope for Our Times invites you to join us for a prophecy cruise, June 1st through 7th, 2024. We will set sail on the Royal Caribbean Adventure of the Seas and tour the Caribbean Sea with three ports of call, Puerto Plata, Dominican Republic, Labadee, Haiti, and Coco Key. These privately owned ports of call are great ways to safely and securely enjoy the Caribbean experience. The cruise will be an excellent way to spend time with like-minded people. Our world-class speakers, Jeff Kenley, Alex Newman, Bill Koenig, Dr. David Reagan, and Pastor Tom Hughes will deliver timely talks that will challenge and encourage you for the day in which we live. And you will have plenty of time to relax and unwind on the sea. You can enjoy world-class food and entertainment, along with special sessions and Q&A time with our speakers. You will also connect with others who want to share the hope of Jesus with everyone they come in contact with. Visit UntilHeComesCruise.org for more information or to reserve your spot. We're offering early bird pricing if you sign up before December 31st. Visit UntilHeComesCruise.org and sign up today. All right, welcome back. And let me give you the five ways to recognize deception even in the church. And number one is this, a person is deceived and a deceiver when they are manipulating and 
be manipulated for feelings, a spiritual experience, a blessing, a healing, prosperity, and on down the list. Number two, a person is being deceived and deceiving when Christ is secondary. They are not concerned about salvation, obedience, heaven, hell, or judgment. And the preacher even mocks such things. And they give a message that conveys works are more important than forgiveness in Christ. That is the gospel of today. And number three, when they make sin out to be, that's what you say the Bible says, but that is archaic. And number four, when they say, that is your truth. And besides, everyone knows that the Bible has contradictions. Everyone knows that it is a collection of writings of ancient Jewish people who are trying to figure out how to cope. In fact, it was Andy Stanley who said that. Uh, number five, when exalting Christ, confessing Christ, worshiping Christ is relegated to music that is only designed to stir up emotions and not designed to worship a holy God. Well, let's work through these five things. Uh, think on this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, in the King James Bible says, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. One commentary says that the verse uh, says that verse this way: We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God. Listen, every preacher of the gospel needs to take this to heart. No tricks, no distortion of God's word. Instead, tell the truth before God. But many in the Christian world today. Uh, fail to recognize or admit that God has spoken and the whole world desperately needs to hear what he has said. People are hurting. They need answers. They're sinking in quicksand and they know it. They need a firm foundation. Jesus said that the foundation is his word. The church that denies his word begins to sink in the same quicksand as everyone else. There's much talk today about revivals. But the revivals with lasting consequences in people's lives, revivals that change individuals, along with communities and nations, have one major theme in common. They center on God's word. Lasting revival begins with a return to the Bible. Revival without the Bible uh, tends to be emotion-based. There's nothing wrong with emotions. They're a big part of being human, but emotions come and go. They can be deceptive. They can be manipulative. Build on the solid rock of God's word. Give your beautiful emotions a foundation. Give anxiety-filled emotions something more real and more relevant. Anchor all your emotions to the solid rock of God's word. Psalm 40 verse 2 says, He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. What the world needs is hope. Hope is found in Jesus Christ and his word. In fact, the Gospel of John tells us that Jesus is the word become flesh who dwelt among us. Once again, it all comes down to the word of God. Do we believe it or not? Uh, do we stand on it or abandon it? Liberal theologians try to change Christianity into something more palatable to, to modern minds. Hence, he gets us campaign. Again, that's how I saw that campaign. Uh, but the more they deny biblical truth, the less relevant they become. Are you concerned about the next generation? I am too. But it's not my job to save them. It's my job to faithfully and lovingly 
preach what Acts chapter 20 verse 27 calls the whole counsel of God. Teach the Bible. Teach all the Bible in light of the Bible. Again, 2 Timothy chapter 3, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But Then the next verse, verse 14, goes on to say, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. This is not your job or my job to make the gospel irresistible. We will not help this generation by giving them something less than the actual word of God. Uh, We will not draw them to Christ with flowery words or politically correct speech. We must never alter scripture to fit a sick society, a society that seems to have gone mad. What this world needs is Jesus. And what the Bible gives us is the hope of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the hope of salvation for anyone who would come to him for the forgiveness of their sins. Listen, Jesus never blesses sin, never does that. In fact, to the woman caught in adultery, he says to her, where are your accusers? And they're all gone. Then he told her, hey, listen, go and sin no more. What do we have Uh, with the man who is paralyzed? Go and sin no more. Jesus never blesses sin, but what he does do is he calls us to the place of forgiveness that only he can offer, and then he gives us the opportunity to live a life for him, telling others about the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, God bless you guys. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.